Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. And uh, we're back here doing the podcast on episode number, I think it's six now. Number six? Yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're really, we're knocking these things out. I'm having a good time. Hopefully you are too. <laughs> You're not ready to quit yet, are you? Um, why, did you hear something? No, I didn't. Although, <laughs> although we do have a producer position open. Just kidding, <laughs> producer Ethan. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, so, Dave, how how the week go? Are you busy? I know you're coming up to a break here. So. It's been quite busy for a short week. A short week. Mm-hmm. It's been a very busy week. A lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You said you were a lot busier uh, this week than you were last week. Yeah, is no, it because of the holidays and planning stuff? for that? Yeah, yeah, but it seems like at work there's a bunch of press to get everything done just before the break. We get a mm-hmm. couple weeks off for the break, so mm-hmm. everybody wants all their stuff in at the last minute mm-hmm. yeah. to sit over the break, but whatever. Yeah. But no, that as well as, you know, it seems like everywhere you go, there's, everybody's busy. So there's more people, a little bit more mm-hmm. hectic. Yeah. So, well, I know, you know, those of you who are, who are listening to the show, uh, you know, we kind of sort of pre-record these things and then we post them later. So, uh, for us recording it right now, we're coming right up to Christmas. And so there's a, there's a, a certain amount of busyness that's different than your normal busyness, right? I mean, my my work, I get a couple of weeks off as well, but suddenly, like my <laughs> my daily activities is completely off schedule, and now I gotta, you know, I gotta do all this last minute Christmas shopping, and you know, think about other people before myself. Uh, actually, went and coached uh, the javelin today and threw a little bit. Did Can you believe that? Yeah. Are you all right? Well, that shoulder's a little sore, to be <laughs> honest. And I and I quit early too. Did you? That's <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. I, My I, wife I, just tells me I'm getting old. I threw a frisbee this last summer. You might have been there, and I about threw my arm out just throwing <laughs> a frisbee. So uh-huh. you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to keep keep up with it. So, uh, so for today's show, I I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about some uh, UFOs and and conspiracies. Uh, you know, because. Uh, I'm I'm a relatively skeptical kind of guy, and I'm not a big believer in a lot of the like paranormal uh, stuff and oh, you're the, out. you know the <laughs> well because you know I watch some of these shows on on like I don't know Netflix or YouTube or whatever, and there's just so many things that seem fake, and so I have had tendency to do a discount the more that I hear about yeah. it when I shouldn't. Uh, especially when I was kind of looking around at doing stuff for the show, I, I thought, okay, well, I'll actually take this more seriously and not just discount it. Listen to it and see what in 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 you know maybe formulate some sort of opinion that's a little bit more educated, right? Well, yeah, and there, there's a little bit more to more meat on the bone for you to chew on. Well, there is, and to be honest, now there's a lot more ability to get information. Yep. Right. And so I, I did a little bit of research and very, very fascinated with the Bob Lazar Area 51 or S1 story. Are you familiar with this? I am. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've tried to watch as many uh, shows about that as I can. So I am aware of a lot of things, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't remember all the details, but I definitely know of him and his findings and what he worked on. Mm-hmm. Well, so. For a while, so in case you know those of you who are listening aren't familiar with Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar was basically like a rocket scientist, right? right. Uh, he he's known for working uh, at this Area Fifty One sort of segment, which they called S One. It was right. sort of same complex out in Nevada, and and he he has an interesting story because he came out and had this this news 
crew, uh, what was his name, George Knapp, did an article, uh, or not an article, I guess it was a TV uh, interview, and basically Bob Lazar came out and said, this is what I was doing for the government, and I saw an alien craft, or I don't even know if he called it an alien craft, but maybe like a flying saucer. Yeah. Yeah, I think he used the word uh, flying disc or something. Flying disc, yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's very interesting because he's he's got this unique perspective and me not really believing in a lot of that stuff, I, I sort of discounted the whole thing. Yeah. And looking at it from a 1989 news story, you know, the video doesn't look very good. You know, he's recording a silhouette. And, you know, it's like, is it believable? Yeah. Well, for me, just looking at the guy, mm-hmm. that's what made me want to watch. I'm like, this guy is full of crap. Yeah, I gotta watch it and see what he's about. When and like you, I, I have to, I, I might believe it maybe more than you do, I guess. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm interested because uh, there, you have to go through you know a hundred of them to find something that might be, you know, maybe real and stuff. But mm-hmm. but um, he but, was definitely an interesting character to want to watch more and more of because he did say a lot of things that seemed to make sense mm-hmm. and he just looked strange enough to me that he just might have worked there you yeah know, but are, but you're really fascinated by this stuff aren't you i, I, I mean, like it i think yeah absolutely yeah, yeah yeah i mean you'll get more you'll get sucked into reading more about it and researching this kind of thing right yep yeah because there are ufos out there and yeah and now 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 yeah i'm right yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but I, to be fair, I, yeah. I mean, I believe exactly what I mean. It's a unidentified flying object. Yeah. So, I'm not saying a lot of people just think UFOs mean aliens, and I'm and to me that could be two different discussions because mm-hmm. UFOs that's just some stuff you we just may not have seen in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that our government is way ahead of time than what we know about and and i've even heard as far ahead as 65 years ahead of us and mm-hmm. and we didn't know about the sr-71 blackbird for years and mm-hmm. that's still an amazing uh plane and so have you seen that by the way what the, the sr-71 in person yeah no oh my god i would love i would love to i love that plane i love hearing about how that plane works. Okay, it's well, amazing. we're going to take a little road trip to the Evergreen Aerospace Museum uh, because they have one. It's in Oregon, McMinnville. It is it is fantastic. It, it's so much bigger than I thought it was going yeah. to be. Uh, they have so many different planes and stuff out there, and I thought the SR-71 at the time, I thought was like a smaller, you know, oh, plane. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's massive. Yes. It's massive. It's an amazing... Yeah piece of yeah we'll have to it, go see it's it. it's more amazing of when they made that yeah. it'd be an amazing plane if they made it today yeah and and to to go through the the how that plane works is amazing it is too much to get into mm-hmm. yeah it's off off the topic yeah well, we'll we'll come back to it uh, after our visit because i'll it, tell you I, what I think it'd be fancy very fascinating that would have looked alienish to us or UFO-ish oh, sure. to us back then, for sure, mm-hmm. if we knew about it. Well, think about the other stealth, right? The bombers, the... I, I don't even know all of them, but, you know, now like we have a single stuff. wing. Yeah, you know, right. Not, yeah, yeah, they would seem alien to, to most well, people. Well, in fact, a lot it. of the pictures that we've seen back in the day were in the black and white photos, you know, mm-hmm. they were these, you know, triangular right. shape 
going across the mm-hmm. way. And you can't discount those. Right. And well, I think you're right though when you say UFO. Really, it's unidentified. We just right. don't know. And to, so to make the leap, it's easy for me to say I believe it. Yeah. Believe well, it. yeah, and I I would I'd probably lean towards that. It's too. just who's making it. Right. Who's, yeah, exactly. Is it alien it or is it is right. it military or Not to be fair, you know. I think it could still go both ways. Mm-hmm. So, I'm still open to either or. Yeah. So, well, so I, as I was doing a little bit of research for the show, I, I started watching some stuff and, and it did confirm to me how, how far out and ridiculous some of the arguments are, you know, the worst place to find really stupid stuff. Uh, well, are arguments for or against both, oh, both, no. right. What? Is a YouTube, right? So okay. you get onto YouTube and you can find tons of stuff. There's not enough time in your lifetime to watch everything that's on there. But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of content that I go, oh, my gosh, you know, that guy's full of crap, you know. And then the other ones, you go, yeah, I kind of I think that could be true. You know, Um, you know, recently the the videos of the of the Navy pilots. Right. Uh, It's it's hard to refute what they actually captured. Now, is it alien? Who knows? Right. right? Uh, What I saw in the videos, it's not like it's not totally unbelievable like some of the speed and and unfortunately the navy videos don't show a lot of the maneuvering it's really just very very fast right. you know, trying to track it right so to me it's totally believable that that's definitely a ufo now alien technology i don't know you know whose technology well yeah so for me i i enjoyed when they came out with that because that that has been out in fact mm-hmm. because it was out is why they had to address it you know yeah so it was nice that I felt like I have pretty good feelers where I could say, man, that looks like that could be, you know, put that in the possible possible mm-hmm. file. And it was nice that they, the Pentagon came out and said, in fact, in fact, mm-hmm. the odd thing was that I don't see in the headlines, but the Pentagon had stated that they've, that the Navy pilots have seen fleets of them. Yeah. That's the t- key. And the Pentagon actually has been, um, said, listen, we actually want you guys to come forward because there was a long time that nobody would ever come forward and talk about it because that could lose, you could ruin your whole career. You're not mentally stable. You mm-hmm. can't fly. Yeah. And and now they're actually saying they want you to speak out more about it. And that I found that almost more interesting than anything else because they're asking, Yeah, I did see some stuff. Let me, let, let us know. I, you know, I, I did see that they, evidently the Navy has some sort of protocol for, um, uh, talking about this stuff. I'm sure you know? so they could hide it and keep it from all the rest of us. Right. <laughs> oh, there's a conspiracy. It's getting out, so when you see it, please let us know. Yeah. Well, but I think it's interesting that it's not like they, uh, they're they trying to keep the pilots from reporting on it. Right. right? Well, and the, the joy for me is listening to them. Mm-hmm. It's baffling these guys. Like, whoa, check this out. Are you reading this? Uh, you know, I totally agree with you. So that was the part that fascinated me the most. Actually, was listening to those guys, you know, talking to each other about what they're seeing. Right. Because normally you see, and I looked up a, a fair amount of them on YouTube, but you see, uh, you know, people. Uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of like these, you know, grumbling, you know, stuff going on in the background, and you're just watching it. There's not really anything of value in the audio side, right? right? And then and you see the video and you go, oh, Rarely you get doesn't both. really see very clearly. But in this, you get to see and listen. And it's, a, you know, these are professional 
military people, right. you know, they, they see weird stuff all the time. And the way that they talk about it, you go, Ooh, I feel a little nervous. Trust me, <laughs> when I was excited to see that, oh, I'm right. I was mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah, that has that, that now. Now that spider webs off to a couple other questions. Uh, now, who, whose is that? Well, so when you were a kid, did you think about like aliens and? Well, sure, it was a big deal. You growing up, everything was like an alien ship, and mm-hmm. you know the 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 perfect round disc. And mm-hmm. but I'm I'm kind of old, so you know <laughs> I I remember seeing some in the black and white movies, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it was a big deal. Were were you into uh like science fiction stuff like Star Trek or Star Wars or any of that? Yeah, I mean, how about this? My dad was, so I kind of started watching it, mm-hmm. but um, I wasn't a big show guy, so I didn't like to watch a bunch of shows. But mm-hmm. definitely, as I got older, I was I was like, oh, wait a minute, I want to watch Star Wars. I, I you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, I was watching it, looking at things. You know, I mean, things looking at all the cool robots and all the, mm-hmm. you know, um, cool effects and yeah. not really paying attention to the plot and stuff. But as mm-hmm. I, I, I grew into enjoying it a lot more, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm seeing things and well, making no. myself see and weird stuff. Well, and that's exactly. So I was, I enjoyed Star Trek. I, I wasn't really allowed to watch it much, um, mainly probably because of the influence of my religious background my grandma thought that star trek was a really bad thing star like, trek had a lot of sexual yeah. innuendo was in there well that's true kurt <laughs> kevin kurt was kurt really was, <laughs> was quite a doll yes boy. he was yeah maybe that's the reason i didn't watch a lot of those james bond movies either uh that's but, acceptable but the, but the idea of um of space travel and all that stuff my grandma was very like hush hush didn't want you to be thinking about any of that kind of uh, stuff and so i for me it was kind of i was fascinated by it but not really allowed to watch it and uh, i do remember watching a little bit of the star wars and, and i thought that was fascinating especially anything about like alien planets and other you know other uh, creatures or whatever but it was kind of against what my grandma wanted me to experience right and so i i didn't have a lot of that well you know fast forward until you know the rest of the star wars movie starts coming out and then there's all kinds of new star trek you know spinoffs and all this stuff and i start getting kind of fascinated i thought like the star trek guy gene rottenberry roddenberry I am not sure what his last name is. Yeah, so he had so many really cool ideas. And a lot of the the technology that he was thinking of for his fantasy stuff is technology that we actually kind of have, you know, today. I wish we could get the, you know, the beam me up, Scotty, transporter deal. As long as we can get back together, okay? Yeah. For it. <laughs> as long as they get back together. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's some interesting stuff going on in 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 science about actually moving matter from anyway. Hmm. Well, another time. Uh, anyway, so, but you know, I I would kind of very um, I was fascinated by it, but very skeptical, right? Not believing that any of that stuff could be true and space travel and all this. Uh, as an adult now. I'm really fascinated by it. I love science. I love, uh, you know, talking about the planets and, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is, is one of the, one of the go-to guys for me. I love the cosmos series. I right. didn't see the original one, but I I've seen the one that he did and very, very fascinated by, by all of that stuff. And so I'm much more inclined to believe in a lot more of these things. One yeah. of the things that was said is that if you think about how many 
uh, suns exist, right? So we look up in the sky, in the night sky, and all of those little twinkling stars, pretty much all of them, are suns, right? Can you imagine? I mean, just our sun has I don't know how many planets, you know, you know, revolving around it. But then there's some that we don't even know about that right. potentially are revolving around our sun. So just think about that. If there are trillions of suns out there, and then how many planets are there? Right. Way more. So the likelihood that there could be other life out right. there is pretty dang high. Well, whether you believe in God or not, God never said that uh, he didn't have another earth going on and trying. Yeah. There's nothing like, in like the he Bible. probably started us and went, oops. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try that over here now. Right. Well, no, <laughs> but, that's, it's true, though, that, you know, there isn't there. Yeah, there isn't anything in the Bible that says that it what we've experienced here couldn't be also someplace else. Right. Um, and if you want to get crazy, who's to say it's not us later? Yeah. Oh, you're going to blow my mind. There's a lot of stuff about we gotta this. Get there. I mean, it's to me, anything is possible. I mean, just to see what our human race has done. Mm-hmm. And here I also want to say is if, if, if in fact we are 65 years, if our government, I guess, is 65 years ahead of in technology mm-hmm. than what we're allowed to see. Mm-hmm. So picture about the last 10 years of technology. Mm-hmm. It has been insane the growth Mm -hmm. so picture 65 years of insane growth of technology whatever we think of with with these spaceships Mm -hmm. no 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 show me the cool shit Uh, spaceships Mm -hmm. no 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 we've been talking about that for years yeah what else is out there Mm -hmm. elon what's out there well yeah not your car what else you know Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. it's it's easy for me to believe that that's why it's easy for me to believe that there's always some ufos and I do know that mm-hmm. it's, I mentioned it before, that it's easy for people to, you know, think aliens when they say UFOs. So, yeah, right. And, but well, I know, know that there is, we now all should know and accept that now there is something out there that is not even what the military sees and mm-hmm. plays with. There could, there's, okay, if it isn't some alien ship, then there is obviously another branch above just our regular high government, right? I think there are secret parts of our government where even, you know, potentially, you know, the the high-end, you know, NSAs and CIAs and FBIs and presidents. state that's really Really, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're really, I think that there could be very compartmentalized. You know, listen to the Bob Lazar, um, um, I guess, recount of what he experienced. And he described that his role was very closed off. Like he didn't get to go and, and see what was, uh, what was going on. He described his, his commanding officer would come in and get an update from him just to get kind of an overall picture of what what he was doing with someone else. But he's only one other guy above him. Right. He just was just him and his partner. And I, and he didn't fraternize about other people's findings and, Mm-hmm, which exactly. was yeah it was really interesting so so if if you want to believe bob mm-hmm. um it's really interesting his abilities to create such depth of mm. recollection um but to me also that doesn't that doesn't mean that he's telling the truth mm-hmm. because there's some amazing fiction writers out there yeah. that could sit there and retell the story mm-hmm. and so, so that like I said before, when I saw Bob, he 
intrigued me. He was bizarre to me. And, and I wanted him to, honestly, when I see any of these, I want them to convince me that there's some alien life out there. Yeah. There's something going on. I do. Mm-hmm. I Because it's, it, it would be interesting than the regular norm. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me. I cannot put aside the possible mental illness, the possible, is this guy just an amazing writer? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, any, I can make up something. Mm-hmm. And we all know that. So it, it's, it's, it's hard to trust that. So it's, but because of my beliefs, it's, it's fun enough for me to go and go to, to play around with his ideas and even pretend that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And try to decipher if he's telling the truth or not, because mm-hmm. I get into into it, and and I'm easily going, oh man, this this guy seems some shit. Yeah. Well, and so, then I hear about his lifestyle. I'm like, man, this guy's kind of a weird dude. Yeah. Well. Okay. So there's there's a couple of things there that I I sort of, you know, I watching the Bob Lazar stuff. It, sort of discounting some of the weird stuff that he might do personally, you know, because um, he, he got in some legal problems and some other things. And I, and to me that that can totally take away from his, his story. Sure. Right. Because it sort of makes him, his character less reputable. Right. So I have to kind of compartmentalize the, those things. But if you take his story and compare it to other stories that people have told, his is so much more, uh, plausible, even with the technology piece of it that seems implausible, his story seems way more plausible than a lot of these other ones that I've that I've seen online. I agree, and and because being the devil's advocate, I mean, I I, I don't need to, I don't necessarily need to sit here and tell you like on a scale of one in ten how much I believe him because mm-hmm. it might sound like I don't believe him at all because I'm telling you some of the doubts that I've had mm-hmm. to get to wherever I'm at with his. Mm-hmm. his story personally because you know i didn't get very far because i like i said i want to believe what he's saying i actually want to yeah and because it's hard for me to not factor in because i actually tried to factor in try to find out more about him in the beginning i, I just heard about this guy that was um like he wouldn't even show his face back in the day, you right. know, yeah. and telling stuff. But, you, you know, we didn't hear so much about his real life. And so I'll, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know people in my life that have done everything that they could possibly do to essentially make a living mm-hmm. and went from making up lies, telling stories, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I I'm trying to figure out what I can't say, but yeah. I worry, <laughs> I worry that that some of the stuff that he does or has done, mm-hmm. this could be an easy. Hey, I could get famous by an amazing story, and to mm-hmm. me, it's if mm-hmm. if there's a whole lot of factoring going in, like if because I do believe personal life has has to play some role in it, is his inabilities to hold a marriage or. Mm-hmm. Or like like what he did like he was in Vegas yeah he well, well, I don't remember what it's called yeah he was trying to run some <laughs> prostitution ring yeah. in a place that you could do it apparently he did it in a way you can't yeah so, right so I mean so I, I factor those in and man you know I, is he trying to just do anything that could get him ahead mm-hmm. is he going to come up with it because 
there's a lot of very, very smart people and they don't use it for all the good stuff. Right. <laughs> and he could, he, he seems like a, yeah. How about this? He's absolutely a bright guy. Yeah. False, uh, uh, you know, fact or fiction mm-hmm. takes a bright guy to come up with that and be able to tell it so many times mm-hmm. the same way mm-hmm. throughout so many years. Well, sure. And, and what I find interesting is that he, he doesn't want the attention. Like doesn't he, he gets angry yep. because he's getting attention. Uh, I watched, you know, the original uh, news footage of him in his first interview. And then I watched some interviews that, that came in after uh, I thought Joe Rogan had a, a great podcast. I didn't with, get to see that. It, it, it's very long. I mean, it's two and a half hours or something. And I had to cut it in segments as I was doing other things, but, but it's him uh, a couple of years ago, I think. And, really? and, he still he you can see as he's trying to recall the story he's honest with you about not being able to to remember everything right. which of course i'm you know i don't remember everything either i remember certain parts of a story and maybe a detail or 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 something here and there but but i can relate to to that yeah. and but he is he has told the story many many times over but i thought what 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 joe did was was get him to speak about it in a different way, right? It's not just an interview. He's having a conversation and he's asking some specific questions and then, and then sort of coaxing him into conversation. So there's a different, it it feels different. And I thought that, that for me watching, because I had to, I I want to see his facial expressions and see how he, he responds to these things. And I thought watching the podcast was was more influential for me in believing the man because I could see how he was responding and how how comfortably he felt with different things and how confident he was in telling certain details. Yeah, that that made a lot bigger difference for me because watching the original footage, it's still some quack that's had you know had some alien experience, which I kind of discounted. But with that being said, is that I've seen a lot of other conspiracy theory things that I'm fascinated by, but I still don't believe do, do you, cause you and I used to do uh, uh delivery like courier work, right? Mm-hmm. I used to listen to the radio quite a lot and I was doing courier work that was late at night and I used to listen to coast to coast oh. AM. <laughs> you, did you ever get into that show? I got to watch it a little bit or listen to it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think George Norrie is the, is the host now. Yep. I haven't really listened to him uh, a whole lot, uh, recently, but I was always fascinated listening to to the the radio show because there were so many other conspiracies. It wasn't just about aliens or right. UFOs. It was about other other things, and and there was a fair amount in there that it just sort of I go, that just it's too far out there. I can't I can't believe that. And then even here in Portland, um, uh, Clyde Lewis does does a, a, a show Lewis, right, yeah. and and there's some stuff in there. I just, I just can't believe it. It's just too far from what I think would be enough evidence to believe. Right. Right. I, I, I have a line in the sand that mm-hmm. that's that lets me know when that's something I could probably ponder. And this one is just, no, come on, guys. Yeah. You're just filling in the gap between the possible few real stories. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of those to tell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of fake ones to tell. Or, yeah. Have you watched any of the, the alien stuff on Netflix? I've seen Aliens one, <laughs> not the two. movies. Oh, <laughs> like documentary type, uh, you know, shows. No, I haven't had any opportunity to, to 
uh, watch the, a lot of that. They're on my watch list, and I just kind of every once in a while I'll I'll put it on, and and I I get kind of turned off by it. Not no hot ones. <sighs> No, no pretty aliens. No, no, no. Because there's some. They what do they call them? Um, uh, I can't remember what they what they're called. But they're like, you know, they're authors. They're science, so so called scientists. They're they're folks who 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 get interviewed on these shows. The one in particular I'm talking about is called Ancient Aliens. That sound familiar? No, uh, I, I I have not heard about it. Maybe producer Ethan can can get online and find. I'll, I'll give you some names and you can pull up some pictures. And this may sound shallow to me, but when you see some of these guys and what their picture looks like, you go, "Yeah, I probably won't believe what that guy has to say," <laughs> because they're talking about these weird conspiracies. And then you see the guy and you go, "Jeez, oh, I'm not gonna believe that." Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Bob Lazar is kind of that guy for me. <laughs> well, there you go. And when I first looked at him, I'm like, I would like to see him convince me. And this is mm-hmm. years ago, though, years ago, yeah. that I was first looking into him. In fact, at the time, I Bring thought like, Bob Lazar like nobody even knows who this guy is but me. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, that was true. I mean, no, none of my close friends and people I knew would mm-hmm. would you know look into that kind of stuff. But um, well. but he he just gives me a sense of. Man, you just—it's going to take more than just what you say. I need yeah. more from you. Yeah, just do but, a Google search for Google Images and look up Bob Lazar. But uh, no, I think he's a—he's he, <laughs> like I said. Either way, he's a, a bright guy. Yeah, but but I, I, I can see what you're talking about, though, right? Because if you think about some of our childhood friends and the and the kids that would make up so- stories, they look like Bob Lazar. Yep. You probably know who I'm referring to. Well, I could probably guess two or three. <laughs> um, so, so one of the shows that uh, that that I was talking about was Ancient, Ancient Aliens, right? And I, I watched a couple of different shows. One of them I, that I found interesting was The Creation of Man. Well, so the the backstory of this the it's an, a series of of these conspiracies about aliens visiting our planet and influencing different aspects of how we've evolved right as a society right and one of them was about creation of man and they go into these things that my grandma she's turning over in in her grave (laughs) as i talk about it but talking about you know the possibility that the aliens could have been responsible for certain moments in time where we as humans evolved a, a large amount in a short period of time okay one of the things is uh language because we went for a long time not having really a, a clear language, right? And so there was this theory that aliens came and, and introduced well, some gene. Right. And a lot of people might think that God and or angels could be alien from this planet. Yeah, well, right. And they and actually talk about that stuff. They talk about the, there's other like jumps where they do talk about the first humans being Adam and Eve and, and how Adam and Eve could have been that first generation created by alien genes to get from the, if you want to call them, the, the, the monkey side of, of our evolution. <laughs> and people are going to hammer me about calling them monkeys because they weren't, I think they're primates maybe. I, I, 
I don't want to. I get what you're saying. I'm, you I'm going to hey, get hammered listen, by this. That's the part of keeping it never too serious. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you can't follow what he's saying, <laughs> <laughs> you just can't have a casual conversation. Uh, yeah. But so they we they, get they introduced the idea that there were different phases of of our civilization where someone had to come in and and insert something in order to get us to a, this a, this other level. Yes. And I don't of course believe all that. Um, look up. Uh, this is going to be a, a hard one. Look up uh, Giorgio, and then uh, and then put in ancient aliens. Giorgio. I'll give you some time to do a little search. Yeah. Uh, and you can get a get an idea of what this guy looks like, and you go, oh man, I don't I don't know. Add uh, ancient aliens on there. Oh, I uh, hold on. Uh oh, Pompadour. Like big old puffity poof. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking you know about. What I'm talking about. Okay. He's extremely <laughs> happy to be there and talk yeah. about something. Yeah, and he's he, uh, he's out there. He's out there. Well, there I have not is. gotten I have not gotten to hear him <laughs> there he is. hear him much. Mm-hmm. I have had to and mind you, I actually mm-hmm. want to hear the kind of stuff because I like yeah. to I like to hear some of the stuff that is just so out there. I do. Mm-hmm. I like because I know that there's some truth heading towards that direction. Mm-hmm. And I like to see where people's minds are and where they go. Mm-hmm. But I, some people are hard for me to want to focus on and listen to. And well, yeah. be one of them. Well, it, it, if I come in and I'm already skeptical and then he comes in and he gives me some information that's even harder to believe and he's got his hair all crazy out there. Right. I mean, it makes me less likely to think that he's truthful. Well, sure, I, I try not to I, take I, advice from douchebag-looking type oh things. <laughs> He's a little douchebaggy. Come on, right? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> oh, but but, it, but there are—I mean, there are other ones in the show, and I and I just go, uh, this is um, harder and harder for me to then believe. Just you know, because I am shallow and I do judge people on how they look. Well, <laughs> how about this? If, if it didn't play to play out for me enough times. Mm-hmm enough to at least uh, utilize it, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know? Th- there's a reason why we might question a certain somebody one way or another. Well, what what kills me about the show, though, is that they, they introduce this weird logic where, you know, they talk about, like, this is the way things are, and, and, and they have, like, different scientists come in and they confirm that, yeah, I, I believe, yeah, this is kind of the way they are. And then they go, but if it wasn't this way then wouldn't it be possible that this idea it's like they confirm what we think is true and then they said but what if and then they they go down this rabbit trail of what ifs and they start inserting in more what ifs that they frame in a way that seems like it's true and it drives me crazy because i could see how people would then kind of fall into that trap of believing that the what ifs are actually this is the way it is. Right. And it's hard because that I think is, does a disservice to the other stories that actually might be true and, and very plausible. We'll always do that. Yes. That's yeah. I I actually really do hope to listen to and, and find some truths. You know, I really don't like to waste my time on, unless it's a story mm-hmm. and it's fiction. I don't really like wasting my time on looking up stuff to decipher. Right. You know, I really want to, 
I want to try to find at my old age now. I really mm-hmm. want to try to find some answers once in a while. Sure. And unfortunately, I have more questions that pop up than I'm, than any other question I have that I ever answered. So you know, I've got a backlog of questions that just yeah. never get answered. But the cool thing is, we have such an ability to find answers, and of course, you have to use some level of intelligence to filter through and figure out what really it seems to be uh, more true, right? Because yeah. for me, you know, I I try and find as much you know fact as 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 possible i don't want to believe in things that aren't true you know again i'm i think i'm a skeptic now i certainly wasn't growing up and for me it requires a fair amount more uh, evidence for me to be convinced that this this thing is the way that it is and and i thought this was a fascinating topic because i haven't really looked at this topic in the mindset that i feel like you know, maybe I'm in now as an, as an older adult and and how I, you know, believe in stuff religiously and and that sort of thing. And so this conspiracy UFO sort of topic, I'm kind of looking through a a slightly different lens. So, so I want to go back to the Bob Bob Lazar, um, because for, again, so the original ones, it was kind of like, Oh, it's, you know, he's in the silhouette and he's this awkward nerdy looking guy. And then today, Fast forward, you have a Joe Rogan interview. He seems pretty plausible, but he talks about some of the details of of his experience. And because he did this in the late '80s, and now we're 2000, late, you know, 2000. I shouldn't say late, but 2020-ish. We have developed technologies and understand things a lot more. And I thought it was fascinating when he talked about the plausibility of his story and he was talking about what would it be like to have taken a nuclear reactor back in time and introduced it to people before we before we knew what what um you know when an atom was before we knew what radiation was and he talked about how if they just grabbed the device and started taking it apart that the people would die who were taking it apart and then when the people came in to see that those people were dead, they would also die because there's a lot that they just didn't understand. And so his perspective on the technology that he was introduced to, he was very, you know, he was very curious about, but didn't want to do something that results in evidently what happened to the guy that he replaced. Right. Had some sort of accident. You know, you know, for... Another thing that I think that added to his credibility was, you know, because why he came out mm-hmm. and and it was in fear mm-hmm. of, of something bad happening to him. And so that that to me was there's no glory that he was looking for. Yeah. So that's all to me. That's, you know, like I said in the beginning is is a lot of people try to look for a way to live their, you know, try to make some money off of things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I take that as a factor and. And, and because of that, that factor is, you know, is that what he's, is, is that what he is doing or not? And so it makes you think that that isn't what he's doing, but, and to also play. So if I have to with, with Bob Lazar, Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to have to say it a hundred percent, but how I am, I lean towards, I believe Bob Lazar. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of things that make me question, like I'll go, I believe them, and I still do. Mm-hmm. But a couple of things make me take take a couple step back, steps back. Mm-hmm. Like his lifestyle was odd, mm-hmm. you know, it seems weird. But 
and some of the stories of of it being alien so you know is it aliens craft you know mm -hmm. so because did he mention that he's seen an alien no right no okay so because yeah, I, I don't remember him saying that so i just mm -hmm. want to ask you in the case yeah. you touched on that mm -hmm. and i feel for to help somebody accept it if they're on the edge of wanting to believe bob and mm -hmm. but i just can't believe aliens to me i our government can be i won't say is mm -hmm. can be so shady at times oh, yeah. now mm -hmm. and <laughs> and mm -hmm. could easily have told him listen, this is not our technologies. This is the aliens technologies, mm -hmm. you know, and just claim it is something else just mm -hmm. so, and he could yeah. be in the unknown. Well, he said that he couldn't ask questions. Oh, right. You know so, what? Yes, that's right. Okay. I remember right? that. Yeah. And it was his job to, to research and figure stuff out. He wasn't allowed to ask for other information. Now there were times where he had an opportunity to gather a little bit other information. Like he described that uh, he, he wanted to figure out, because his, his job was to figure out the propulsion system, right? Okay. And uh, and so the technologies that oh, go yeah, into yeah. that. And yep, so they right. said, you know, so they basically, they took him out to one of the, uh, uh, one of the saucers and, or discs, whatever he described it as, and actually was able to get inside and see how things were sort of connected but not connected together. Because right. he said there, there weren't no wires. wires. No right. edges. Right, and, and, and so he talked about getting in there and being able to see a little bit more, but he couldn't ask questions of his superiors. He was the one who was supposed to figure stuff out. He wasn't allowed to ask more questions because it, he described it as everything was very compartmentalized. Like he just wasn't allowed to go outside of that because that's not his role. His role was this is your role and you figure it out. You stay in this box and you're not allowed out of it. And uh, and and I don't I don't get how he left and f under what circumstances th that he had left. But I know it's such a bummer because I knew I've heard all that before, but mm -hmm. I just don't remember. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're talking about his, his credibility and his personal life and you know, different things. But I, what I thought was interesting, which actually lended to credibility, which is uh, he hasn't taken any money for this experience yeah right he hasn't taken any money he said that he you know there was a documentary he took some money from that and gave it to a local science um program in his at the well, high, at the high school deal. right um and he talked about uh you know his entrepreneurial uh sort of side of him which you would think with something as big as this an entrepreneurial type person would have grabbed a hold of this and become very very wealthy because of it but he hasn't. He's taken his entrepreneurial stuff to he's got his own uh, business that that does that deals with like chemicals. And I can't remember what the name of the store is, but it's all sciencey stuff. Right. He's an engineer. He's he's done. Uh, oh, gosh, what is it? The fireworks stuff. He had made fireworks for years and years and years, continues to, to make fireworks and sell them, do fireworks shows. And then there's the prostitution. As you say, and then there's the <laughs> And of course he got in trouble for that. But you would think with an entrepreneurial kind of guy that this would be the easy way. You know, entrepreneur entrepreneurs it's really hard. they want to make money and they want to do something that's big, that's recognized, that's you know yeah, you would this, would, this be would be the avenue. It, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, and and to me that gave it a little bit more credibility that he hasn't taken advantage of what he brings uh in this in this fame. And he doesn't want to have he doesn't want people, you know, he doesn't like doing inter interviews, you know. So, so 
So this is I'm going to have some terrible information. So this is I'll just take this as personal information. Oh, okay. So yeah, opinion, opinion. No. Oh. It's just I just don't know enough about this to really just so just this is just conversation. Oh, okay. So I have a buddy of mine that does a lot of helping out of people, and when he's done helping out, he's such a hard worker that somebody says, "Hey, hey, can I borrow him when you're when I'm done?" And he just helps out, so he meets a lot of people, and he helped this one family out that was a well-to-do family, but very eccentric, mm-hmm. and and he says this guy used to work at Area Fifty One, hmm. and this guy is a genius. This guy. He goes, Dave, because he knows I like to draw and stuff. And he goes, you got, I, got, I have so many of his drawings, Dave. And there's a box. You should look through it. So I'm looking through it. And it was weird because I'm not lying. A couple of the drawings I thought that I drew. Mm. It just looked like, you know, like if somebody tried to maybe sign my name and for a minute and look like mine, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. And then he did some abstract. I'm like, whoa, that even looks similar to like my thoughts, you know. Yeah. But that's side note. And... So anyways, Jay comes out and he goes, yeah, this guy wrote like 450 books in binders like that big. And he goes, yeah, I, I threw him out in the dump, threw him out in the dump. And his wife, who had married and moved on, had no use for him. And he had like 30 more, 40 more. Understand, hmm. three or 400. Yeah. 30 or 40, he had a ton of them. They looked like tons of them. Yeah. And... And, and I'm sorry, they were all in the back of a trailer, tons of them. And this man sat there and wrote this stuff. So I was in awe uh, over one box. Mm-hmm. I didn't go through any of his things. Mm-hmm. But the he drew a lot of sketches. He was very handy with his artwork. Mm-hmm. And he's drawn a bunch of flying saucers, mm-hmm. laser guns, mm-hmm. and uh, other things. But... The area fifty one was very apparent in him, yeah. And it was if I could be there to pick his brain, and who's to say what he would say, what mm. he can say or not yeah. say. But from looking at the sketches and a blueprint, mm-hmm. really th- that he had was pretty neat. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying the blueprint was of a, a spaceship or anything mm-hmm. like that or UFO, yeah. but. This guy was a legit guy that worked at, at Area 51, mm-hmm. and it was it's really neat to be able to touch the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? This guy is Bob's age. Mm-hmm. Bob, do you know this dude? <laughs> I'm just saying. I yeah. mean, so it was just it's just interesting to me that I have. I mean, I know there's a lot of people interested, but that I got to see a little tidbit that might help me believe stories like Bob. Yeah, because. I did think of Bob when I got to go through that because mm-hmm. it looked like Bob's imagination too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like people and this guy was very eccentric. Mm-hmm. That guy's an eccentric odd guy. Yeah. yeah. He might look Yeah. You know. And that's where I go I'm a little skeptical, right? Like I would want to to see because I've I, I don't know. I, I there are some folks out there that like to make stuff up and they believe it themselves like, you know, like it's real, you know, and they like to make stuff up, but somehow they think that this is something that's actually happened. And so I, I'm skeptical as I go in and, and, you know, uh, ask questions or see stuff. And there are, are, you know, outside resources, you know, or yeah, resources that would be uh, available to reinforce the, 
legitimacy or you know validity of of what they're doing right and knowing a little bit more about what we now know about area 51 and the kind of stuff that they did and then with bob lazar's story at, at s1 and the pentagon releasing and 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 then the releasing of these uh ufos videos. yeah it you start to kind of like okay well okay this some of this stuff could be a little bit more believable but then again we have tons of people who are science fictiony type of people and they like to do this sort of uh brain exercise where they're really thinking outside the box and and some people will have dreams about this stuff and and that's where some of their creativity gets put on paper and they you know whatever i for me I'm I'm skeptical of Lazar's story, but I am leaning towards it being truthful. Yeah. And when he talks about, because he's an engineer, rocket scientist, and whatever, and when he talks about the technology, it's very fascinating because I don't see a lot of flaws in the logic when he talks about those things. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not really an engineer. I'd like to be one, but uh, I don't have that kind of time. But I'm very fascinated by yeah. it when he when he was talking about the propulsion system being what they call, you know, an anti gravity yeah, propulsion yeah, system. Yep. And he describes there's this material that they call element one fifteen. Remember this? I don't remember. I I how about this? I don't. I remember element one fifteen. I don't remember what what it was or anything. So the way he describes it is element one fifteen is a. It's an element that at the time in the in the late eighties uh, had not it was a th- it was theoretical like they didn't know that this thing could okay. exist right so the one fifteen at some point later on I don't know if it was in the two thousands I think it was maybe early two thousands some scientists from two different countries or two different locations had were able to synthesize it they were able to actually create this element but it would decay so quickly that it was like you know it was created and gone but they could detect that it was there and then it was gone and so they've created this element in fact i think they've even added it to that periodic periodic chart of so what they do they just said i need an element 115 and then created it well if i mean i don't know a lot about a little bit of a (laughs) <laughs> the chicken or the egg kind of a thing, but I, I, listen, I'm not I'm not a chemistry you know kind of guy. I'm not a nuclear physicist or anything like that. You're but I am. I would like to be one day. <laughs> but if you know about how an atom is, uh, what an atom is made out of, right? Electrons and neutrons, and it's a core, of, you know, of of an atom is. I think they have quarks. They're up quarks and down quarks and some other things so there's like they know a lot about the structure of an atom and or in or in in this case it's you know (coughs) you know what what element it is and it's a combination of all of these other you know protons and neutrons electrons and then creates this this element well what i found interesting is that bob described it as it was the main ingredient in this propulsion propulsion system And then it created a very, very heavy gravitational force. And he said that what he thinks is that that was a stable version of that element. I didn't know what stable or unstable is other than elements that are unstable have a tendency to, well, they have a tendency to shift into a different element, 
right? As an element decays, it sometimes becomes some, a different else, one, right? right? And uh, But what I thought was interesting as he was talking about it is he, he described it as being a stable version of it where, where, where it doesn't decay, where you can actually have enough of it where it, it is stable and it allows you to use it as the fuel, uh, for lack of a better term, which gives it this massive gravitational field. And then there's this other technology that evidently will amplify that and then when he talks about how the, sh- the the spaceship actually, how the disc actually moves, yeah. he describes the gravitational field that's around it. <coughs> and if you compare it to like magnets, right? Because you can kind of see mm-hmm. a magnetic field, especially you use like, uh, you know, the iron shavings and stuff. Yep. You can kind of see what, how it, how it creates a field. But he was talking about this gravitational field and how it was used to then move move it. And it's not like a move as if uh, you're throwing a Frisbee because there's it, it's not moving through the air. It's it's moving through what they call space, you know, space right. and time, right? It's it's not actually creating this this drag that a regular airplane or something else would have. And he said that he saw a test flight where they would, took it out and they were just kind of hovering it and the the guy that was in it was had a radio and so they were having a communication between his one of the officers and the person that was in the craft and he says that that was confusing to him because that shouldn't work when a gravitational field comes around that they think was the case gravity changes how radio waves and light and other things uh travel so he says there's no way that they could have communicated through a, a little, you know, radio and it been able to get through that that gravitational field. And I, that's such an interesting tidbit because that means what they think was was what this propulsion system was, which was a gravitational field and moving through space and time or bending space and time to get from one point to another and how other things can't go through that, then how did it go through that? So there's something more to it that they didn't understand. Uh, we still today, it's interesting, we don't really... We, we know, don't. Yeah, we know what gravity they does. Do. We People just don't do. know. We just don't know what causes gravity. Right. And they were talking about this new gravity, uh, gravitational wave that was detected. Did you hear about that? Don't think so. So I think, I don't know if it was in 20, 2007 or maybe it was after that. Um, but they they observed two black holes uh, basically like colliding, I think. And when two black holes, because those are like major gravitational forces, come together, it blasted out what they call a, a gravity wave. Well, they created a sensor to detect a gravitational wave because they thought for the longest time that a gravity was a particle. And what they think is that it's actually a wave. And so they created this wave detector and detected it. Now, they have a thing on, on Netflix that talks about how that actually, how they were actually able to do to detect it. But I thought that was a very fascinating thing that they have the ability to detect these, these waves, these gravitational waves, when we're on a planet with gravity, with other things that have mass, which also has 
gravity associated with them. Mm. It's way beyond what I can really comprehend. And I'm just now, as I'm interested in it, trying to figure out, well, how is this possible? Especially when, when Bob Lazar was talking about they shouldn't have been able to communicate via a radio through that gravitational wave. I thought, this if is he's a, right. Yeah, it's a completely new way of, of looking at, well, they, a propulsion system, um, a way of uh, being stealth, uh, a way of having a force field, right? Because if you've got the ability to control gravity and you send an object towards that and you've got the ability to adjust gravity, well, that's an impenetrable yeah. thing, right? Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting was they were talking about the maneuvers. And in fact, it's interesting if you watch the video of the Navy video where there's one of the videos. Uh, Producer Ethan, if you can pull that up and, and just stream it. Yeah, I want to see because <clears throat> because I've seen the video and because you were talking about the maneuvering. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've heard Bob. Mm -hmm. But what I remember, so I want you to enlighten me. Sure. I didn't think it moved like I expected because I, I also mm -hmm. heard that this could be something that could be similar to what Bob had seen mm -hmm. and <clears throat> how I painted a picture in my head. I don't quite see this. Yeah. And what I'm looking for is it to be flying through the air mm -hmm. this way, not like they have yeah. in every space. Movie. Yeah. So watch the end of the video here and you'll, you'll see there's a little bit of a maneuver that it does. So it's, but it's it sitting at, it, it's sitting at a, you know, at a flat angle, right? And this is the video. You'll yeah. see it there. It makes its turn, right? See it making Blue its angels turn. angels do that. Yep. Right. So what Bob Lazar was was describing is that he said that the the craft was hovering when he saw it, and they have these uh, gravitational amplifiers, uh, like almost like what he called like almost looked like garbage cans, uh, and they would they can rotate. You know, they can move, articulate, right? And so he said that once the craft is sort of takes off that those things will then change the distortion of gravity around the craft. It's not like a propulsion where like a rocket that's actually firing something right. in one direction. And now it's you're almost moving. like uh, somebody has a magnet here and turns the magnet the other way. And it just exactly right. Exactly. Right. So what he described was, and he was talking about this, these videos, uh, this was during the Joe Rogan podcast, and he says, you, you'll see at the end where it rotates up, and you see it in this video, mm -hmm. and he says that, that that's how it would fly. It would not fly like you would see a Frisbee fly. It would rotate up, and that's how it would fly everywhere. Right, so, and, and but in this video, while I watch it fly, when they're, mm -hmm. when they're discussing it, mm -hmm. it's not doing it that way. Mm -hmm. So when I watch right. it stop, mm -hmm. flip, and then it cuts. Right. So I never see it fly the way he said it was going to fly. Yeah. And, and so there's already momentum to, going that but, way. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So like right now, it's mm -hmm. not flying that way. This is uh, mm -hmm. flying like they did in uh, Independence Day, you know? Right. <laughs> and yeah. so... That was a good one. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. And so for me, I, I, and not to take anything from it, but I can't just, I, I just don't dive in. I'm not going to eat, eat the sandwich you give me every time, <laughs> you know, I have to open up and see what's in it. Yeah. So the moving that it did, it reminds me of two things that I see 
not quite daily, but mm. often in my life every year. Yeah. And that's, you know, the Blue Angels. Yeah. That's how they move like that. Yeah. And so does almost, I'm not saying that we pivot that way, but our drones move like that right. too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these could be ginormous, amazing freaking drones. I know that uh, the company that makes some amazing yeah. drones. Yeah. They don't seem to fly like that, though. They're more of like of a plane. But what I'm saying is, is that that the technology from the stuff that I even know can make those kind of movements. I'm not saying that's what it is, but yeah. I'm trying to say that it's it doesn't necessarily have to be aliens on this one, you yeah, know. Right. But well, I think it's interesting when Bob Lazar talks about the maneuverability, and because if you think about it. Uh, a pilot can only handle, I mean, a human can only handle right. a certain amount of G-forces, right? The fact of the matter is our bodies can only handle a certain amount, but also the structure of that aircraft can only handle a That's certain right. amount of G-forces, right. right? And so there are some limitations there. And, and you know what some of the limitations are? Have you seen like some of the cockpits, mm-hmm. wires, and all these uh, instruments that are hooked up? Mm-hmm. Those instruments alone are are limited, you know, yeah, right. in certain altitudes and 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 g forces. Yeah. And if Bob's is correct where there doesn't have all those, yeah. that there goes the restrictions. Well, so. here's but here's the other thing though is that you there are certain um well, like, you know, a human or an alien, anything that's um made of you know, biological materials, uh you there are just uh, limitations to the forces that it can take right and they describe the flight as being able to just go from really i don't know what kind of speeds but super fast speeds to suddenly stopping and reversing going a different direction and you can't do that physically with the materials that we're made from or the materials that we can't even fly in our own aircraft without special suits yeah exactly you know so right that with those special suits, you're going to be a mess inside. Well, ex- exactly. Yeah. And so, what's interesting was Bob was de- describing. He says, he says that in, and this is one of his engineering thoughts uh, based on uh, space time, which is gravity has an influence over space time, right? And so, what he says is that it's very possible if it's gravity manipulating with the fabric of of, of space and time that you can make those dramatic changes because there's no, I think, what do they call it? Moment of inertia, okay? So think of it in terms of if you're in a train, you're a passenger in a train, and that train's going 60 miles an hour, right? Well, you also, in relation to the ground, are going 60 miles an hour, right. right? If that train runs into the side of a mountain, guess what? you're still going to travel at 60 miles an hour until you reach the side of the mountain. But right? I could drop a ball that's not going to hit the person behind me mm-hmm. at 60 miles exactly. an hour. Exactly. So there's this moment of an inertia. And then what happens is, is that change, that inertia changes direction. Um, then whatever was moving at that speed has right. to make a dramatic change. Well, he says that in, in this idea of space-time uh, being controlled by gravity, that you don't have that moment of inertia. That doesn't exist because the entire object, including you, is not actually traveling in relation to mm. anything else. You are bending things around you. Yeah. Which blows my mind, right? It would be it would be like you sitting in the train and the train and you are just sitting there, but the earth below you is moving. And and the most you feel is like you're in an elevator. Right. 
or um, it, not even maybe not even that maybe not you know um so i did i did just think about something tell mm-hmm. me if i'm wrong because i was trying to think of did bob ever say aliens i don't recall he said oh. aliens but he did say that excuse me didn't he say that he thinks the craft was made for people like that mm-hmm. tall yeah you're right. Do you have an uprising of little people that I don't know about, or <laughs> are we talking aliens? Yeah, mm. he did. He, he described the the seats inside the craft as, as being short, and he said that there was one time where he was walking through one of the uh, hallways, the corridors, and he had caught a glimpse of uh, some other researcher in another room, and he saw a very short thing, and what he thinks that he saw which some people have interpreted as he saw an alien, what he thinks that he saw, and this is only for a split second, it's is he thought <laughs> he thought that he saw potentially a doll, a smaller uh, figure in a chair, um, because based on the size of the seating, that they basically wanted to create some sort of model that would be appropriate in that size. Right, uh-huh. so there maybe there wasn't any alien, right? It's just that they wanted to. The researchers were trying to create. Okay, well, what would fit into this chair? What would be the appropriate whatever? But he he described it as it was just a, a little glimpse, and he didn't think that he saw an alien. He just thought he saw, you know, that they were trying to take a a, a model of something. Well, I will. I'll have to say this though. I don't know too many people that would be walking around go. Yeah. <laughs> no, they turn around and go, wait a minute, what did I just see? Yeah. But he's not allowed what? to ask questions. I, I was just going to touch base <laughs> on that. There's a time and place you don't give a F. Yeah. You go, what the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. how do you not? I mean, how do you not? Well, sure. And I don't Especially know. a guy like that, he is more inquisitive than I ever am. Yeah. I mean, he's already like into it, you know? So yeah. how would he not? I mean, I get if you see... Yeah. I get that there. He says a lot of those things, and it, mm-hmm. a lot of sometimes a lot of details might add to the question, the, the story. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. if you do that, then what's the point? If you don't say what you have, or, or I mean, it just seems that that seems like an odd part about it to me. But but then again, if he's working on that kind of stuff, that's odd in itself. So, well, I agree. So uh, there are always those little parts of the story that you just kind of go, I just, I, that doesn't sound quite right. But if you think about having a conversation with someone and and developing a relationship enough to think that they would be truthful, uh, which, which by the way, again, you know, the, the Joe Rogan interview to me gave me a new perspective on, uh, Bob Lazar as a person. Uh, but, you know, to your point, you know, you walk by and you go, wait a minute. I want to see that he's in that environment where it's very, very strict and very structured. You're very compartmentalized. You're not allowed to ask questions or look well, around. Maybe, maybe he was that scared. That was why yeah. he was scared well, enough to bring it out. And to think about how his predecessor left. Yeah. And if anybody knew that an he accident, left, right. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. To me, I, I agree with you. There are those little pieces that I go. Mm. Well, you know, I don't know if you remember, but there was, gosh, was it a year ago? There was some gathering. They were trying to get like a million people to just invade Area 51. Oh, yeah. Right. And there were some idiots that showed up yeah. and found out not a good idea. <laughs> yes. But 
If a million people showed up, that'd be a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But you know what's funny about that? They did a whole, the pro whole probability of that happening, and they said it would never happen because it would overwhelm our roads that they just would never get there. There's, yeah, it, right. it wouldn't hold the, the, the cars. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, they'd have to spend a lot of time getting to that point. I am, <laughs> I am the guy that will probably, if I ever got what I wish for, maybe regret it. But I am the guy that wished I knew everything. Mm -hmm. Even if it drove me crazy, I will say the more knowledge I know now in life is, in fact, you know, made me go a little bit, make me a little upset from time to time. But I'd rather, I'd rather go out knowing the truth, what this is all about, than, than just living the life that somebody else created for me. I, I agree. I agree. Because yeah. there's I, more I, to it. And, and, and mm -hmm. why not know about that more to it? Because that's really, that's really living. I mean, sitting here and just going by with everything you're told, and, and maybe that's your aspect on, on some of the religious stuff right. too. But even put that aside, there are so many things that I want to know about because almost mm -hmm. every avenue, there's something else that you could go further in. You know, I seen yeah. something that, that it was a little, I don't, I don't like it because I'm, I'm a religious guy, but I, I understand it to a point. And, mm -hmm. and it had a, a picture of somebody that it says religion and it had a window essentially that was closed. Yeah. And then it said religion off, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it had a door that was open with, mm -hmm. with like a mystical space world behind it. Yeah. And, and I could appreciate that. I yeah. understand that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, but that's the thing is that you're not so religious that you're closed minded about these other pieces, right? These other things that well, you go, oh, that's interesting. And you go on to that and think about it. There's a lot of religious people that and I there's grew a lot up of things that, that I that feel that, that actually, huh, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just that good that I can actually place that into my religion. So it just mm -hmm. works right for me. Well, but there's a lot of people who do, yeah. right? I mean, especially if you're knowledgeable about it, um, then you can see that there's uh, some science out there and you go, oh, well, that's interesting because that's, well, that's what my holy book said, right? Right. Which is, which is, uh, which is fine. I, I can, I can get that. Um, I, I think that having a, an idea that, that life should not be hidden from you is important. I think that for us to be skeptical and to ask questions and then to be super interested in learning more about something that is sort of uh, maybe contradicted what you once believed, right? Sure. That's such a good way for you to grow. And as we are getting older, we have more personal experiences. We get, you know, children, we get you know, all kinds of like different jobs right. and whatever. And so you start to see new and different perspectives. Absolutely. I mean, that's your, your, you know, you're, you're not going to be really living if you're just, you know, just accepting everything. I mean, I don't even care if you, I mean, a lot of the things that I, I look into, you know, it just might make it stronger. You know, mm -hmm. if I want to look into God or mm -hmm. it might make it stronger, I believe in UFOs and the more I look into it, mm -hmm. I can make it stronger. And yeah. I will say, you know what? I want to say on our website or on our podcast, mm -hmm. I know we're not the first to say, but I will say that here, anybody that's listening, I don't care if you believe in God or not, you could safely say at the end of our show that you believe in UFOs now. Hmm. 
there should not have any ties necessarily to aliens. <laughs> yeah. There is proof that there is some unidentified stuff out yep. there that is bizarre, mm -hmm. really freaking cool, yep. and I I can't get yep. enough of it. I want to keep yep. finding out stuff. I agree. So you don't have to doesn't have to take away from your religion to believe in this stuff. Yeah, I it agree. It doesn't have to make you religious to believe in this stuff mm -hmm. either. So mm -hmm. I, I think that we could safely say, people, yep. I, UFOs are real. Yeah. Yep. Go with it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Go, yeah. go see what the hell it's about. Exactly. It's Be interesting. Curious. It's life. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's why I can't just put it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't help stop a look. And if, if another angle comes and they said that there's a little green dude in there, oof. Yeah, right. Well, that's it's another gonna be situation I'm going to have to deal with. Potentially, our our, <laughs> our paradigm is going to shift as we get more information. It, it, I agree. Being at least let me have the option. Yeah, to being know. where we are right now and having the access that we have to information and uh, and other people who are curious and and things like this, like a podcast, listen to other people talk, really important because it doesn't it doesn't make you close minded, especially when there's so many different uh, perspectives out there. Right. It gives you an opportunity to go, oh yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. Bob Lazar is a great example for me mm -hmm. of I believe that guy and I just don't believe that guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a <laughs> yeah. good, I mean, it's not even hypocritical. There's just so many angles that us, and maybe part of it is, is that I give him some leeway because I want to believe it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, there's a lot of things out there that I could believe parts of that mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. I'm into that for sure. And I could believe that, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, but, this has certainly made me more curious about it. Yep. And that's why I keep looking. And, and it's not just Bob's that makes Bob's story interesting. It's all the other things that I hear that is like his. Yeah. But Bob's is special. Mm-hmm. Very detailed. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, will, and I'm glad that he's still around to continue to tell yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I will definitely check out Joe um, mm -hmm. Rogan's podcast. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not bashful to promote other good podcasts yeah. because... It's all about information. I don't care how you take it in. People need information. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, Joe's awesome. I'll help check that out. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's close out the show. Is that all right? Sounds great. Okay. Uh, great conversation. Really. I, yeah. I, I want to do more of this again because it is a very uh, there, interesting there's so topic. so much more to talk so, about for sure. Yeah. So I, I'm going to leave you with this. As a child, my family's menu consisted of two choices. Leave it or take it. So yeah. for our podcast, you can leave it or take it. It's up to you. Hopefully you're going to still be curious. Yep. So. I say take it. All right. So yeah. uh, more information on our website at nevertoserious.com. Uh, you can also, if you go to anchor.fm, you are uh, able to leave us a voice message and ask us some questions on there. Maybe we can put you on the podcast if you got something interesting to That's say. That's right. So until we see you next time, take care. Be safe. <laughs>